Welcome to Coach's Corner. So because I'm on maternity leave, we wanted to mix it up on the weekend for you. All the Wednesday episodes are fresh coaching calls I pre-recorded before I had the baby. And this episode that you're going to hear is an old coaching call that I did several years ago that was one of the crowd's favorites. So maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't, maybe it's a good time to re-listen to it. We can always learn more when we re-listen to something as well. So I hope you enjoy this coaching episode. And I'd like to thank my sponsor for the show, which is Organifi, my favorite place to get all kinds of yummy, nutritious things. Today, I want to talk to you about their Organifi Gold. This is an alternative to melatonin. Maybe some of you take melatonin to relax, to go to sleep, which is great, but how about something that's super delicious? Organifi Gold is this awesome turmeric powder mixed with all kinds of other yummy stuff, different mushrooms and adaptogens and all kinds of yummy stuff that you can put in your almond milk, your coconut milk, your regular milk, whatever, heat it up and just savor it. It's so, so yummy and it really can help you with sleep struggles. It's a great melatonin alternative. You know, melatonin has a half-life, so for some of us, it can leave us feeling a little groggy the next day. Instead, if you're looking for something to just relax you, help you with sleep, help a little with inflammation and that just tastes really, really good, Go to Organifi.com slash over it, get your turmeric gold. Well, they don't call it turmeric gold. They call it just gold. (laughs) I call it turmeric gold because it has so much yummy turmeric in it and add it to your cart and you get 20% off as my listener using the promo code over it. This is episode 45, Stop Living a Checklist Life with Frankie. Well, hi everybody and welcome back to another episode. So happy to have you here. I'm recording this episode from San Diego. Most of you know I live in LA most of the time. I spend a lot of time traveling too, but LA is where I keep my car and my clothes and have my plants. But I just really felt pulled to come down to San Diego and spend some time down here. I don't know if maybe I'm supposed to move down here or there's somebody I'm supposed to meet down here. Who knows? But I really just listened to my intuition. So I arrived and I had a place to stay and then I was talking to a friend and it turns out that he was leaving for a week and so I moved to another place to stay that's right on the ocean. So as I'm recording this, I'm looking at the ocean and I've only been here two days and the most amazing invitations have come forward. I've met some incredible people and I've just had a lot of fun. And it's really because I didn't plan a lot. I just really listened to that intuitive nudge and I allow the universe to lead me. Now, I wasn't always like this. Trust me. I did not always have a deep sense of connection to my intuition. I really preferred to have everything planned out. I wouldn't go to new places and not have, you know, where I was going to stay worked out and who I was going to meet and what I was going to do. It wasn't enough to just have an intuitive nudge. I had to have the plan and the checklist and everything in order. And speaking of having things in order, I really believed I had to do things by a certain time. There were certain things that should happen by a certain age and a certain way life, quote unquote, should go. That was until I had my quarter life crisis over 10 years ago when everything came crashing down around me. But it truly was the best thing that ever happened to me because it's what put me on my personal development path and not only has led me to do the work I do, but has also led me to have a deeper relationship with my intuition and trust the universe and really be in the flow of my own life. 
So our caller today, Frankie, is where I was over 10 years ago. She's in the midst of her quarter-life crisis. Her life is not going according to her checklist, and she's dealing with some expectation hangovers. And remember, an expectation hangover is a term I made up. It means when things don't go according to plan, things do go according to plan, but we don't feel like we thought we would, or life just throws us an unexpected curveball. And Frankie's having kind of a variety of all three of those kind of expectation hangovers. It's also the first time in her life where she's really faced this level of uncertainty and challenge. Now, I know a lot of you can relate to facing uncertainty and challenge. For some of you, you may be in a similar boat as Frankie. You might be in the midst of your own quarter-life crisis. It may be the first time in your life where you're going, wait a second, what is happening? Things are not turning out like I thought they would. And for others of you, you may be further along in your journey, but I bet that discomfort with uncertainty still creeps in. I talk a lot on the show about how control is something we all struggle with. We're kind of addicted to it. We think we have 100% control over life, but we don't. Sure, we have choices and dominion, but we don't have total control. Now, our ego does not like that. Our ego likes to know and plan, and often it comes from fear. It feels kind of scary not to know what's coming next. But when we try to control every aspect of our life, we often miss out on the beautiful opportunities the universe has for us. And sometimes these opportunities come in the form of challenges, which are not to punish or test us, but to help us grow. During these times, it's important we do not go into victim mode and ask, why is this happening? But rather go into seeker mode and ask, what am I learning? It's also important that when we go through uncertainty, we do not immediately try to fill up that empty space with something new. Sometimes being in the not knowing and allowing things to unfold is necessary. Sometimes we just have to sit in the discomfort of uncertainty. In other words, we need to ditch the checklist completely and see what the expectation hangover, what the uncertainty, what the discomfort is there to teach us. One thing I frequently talk about is that if we don't deal with our expectation hangovers and we don't really heal them and learn how to leverage them, they just keep repeating with a different cast of characters, maybe a different situation, but the same kind of feelings of disappointment keep coming up. So if you're in one right now, you might as well just jump in and deal with it instead of trying to numb it or suppress it or move to the next best thing. One of my primary intentions of producing this show is to offer you encouragement and to be a voice that says to you, it's okay if you don't have it all figured out. And if you're going through a tough time, it's going to be okay. And you have the strength and you have the compassion and you have the intuition and you have all the inner resources you need to be able to answer that question, what am I learning? And I trust you'll get some great insights from my coaching session with Frankie. Keep these questions in mind as you listen. First of all, are you having a quarter-life crisis or an expectation hangover? Are things just not going according to plan? Are you not where you thought you'd be in life? Do you relate to living off a checklist and take great comfort in that? And then when things do not get checked off, are you incredibly hard on yourself? Is external achievement and validation very important to you? Are there things you say you are surrendered about, but really, truly, you're actually not. You're either still kind of attempting to make things happen, or you've just given up. You've resigned, and you're calling it resignation. So keep these questions in mind as we listen to my session with Frankie. 
Hi, Frankie. Welcome to the show. What's your question? Hi, Christine. Thanks for having me. Uh, My question is about how to move into a place of acceptance uh, about where I am in my life. Um, I've had a lot of changes and I've also had non-changes in my life. And so I've been working on accepting the changes, but now how do I accept where I am and just kind of lean into it and be okay with that? Um, specifically in my career and where I am in my love life. Um, those are the areas that I'm kind of looking at. Gotcha. So you have a little bit of an expectation hangover. I do. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So what is not happening that you want to be happening? Well, I guess in my career area, I've been looking to make some changes. For a while, I have been really interested in moving into a specific area, and I felt very blocked by that. And so I'm sort of in this place where I'm like, maybe that's not the path for me, and maybe there are other ways to fill up my cup, which is kind of what I've been doing over the past few years, trying to pursue my passions on the side through side projects that work, through being on a board a nonprofit and through, you know, like taking classes and going to conferences. That's amazing. I really acknowledge you for that. That's really great because we talk a lot on the show about form versus essence and about really going after what you love in in a different way. So that's amazing. So just to give me some context, what is it that you want to be doing that you're not doing in terms of the career? Well, I would love to be in a position where I am contributing to something like employee engagement or something in the sustainability realm, um, helping my company think about ways it can, um, you know, improve its footprint, whether, and I was kind of thinking, you know, along the supply chain or supplier management, that kind of thing. And And what do you do now? I'm in contracts right now. You're in contracts right now. And do you like your job or do you kind of, eh? Kind of, eh. Kind of, eh. Okay. Okay. And then you also said you're not exactly where you want to be in your love life. Yeah. Okay. And where do you want to be there? Where do you think you should be? Well, actually, it's a year ago today that my engagement ended. Okay. And so I'm, <laughs> I thought I would be married by now, but I'm not. And, you know, I've, I've come out of a very long year and have come to terms with that. And I'm just, I sort of like look around at, my friends and people around me. And I think, oh, why am I not in a relationship? Like right. I'm free now. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so you yeah. kind of have this, this should list and this checklist and this yes. picture in your head about how life should look and yeah. it's not showing up that way. And you probably know you should be grateful for all the blessings in your life and you're trying mm-hmm. to like move into acceptance. But this part of you is really, really frustrated because you don't have what you want. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I thought like, last year coming up to this day, I was like, well, even if I'm not in a job that I love or, you know, on my, what I think is my career path, at least I've got this other part, you know, my, my home life, right. You know, is going in a direction that I want it to go. You know, I've got this one big piece of my life sort of in place. And then, you know, and so now I feel like these two very big pieces of my life are not in place. So now what? Yeah. I can totally relate to that. I don't know how much you know about my story, but that was exactly yes, what happened to me in my 20s. <laughs> my son so, sent me your story. Okay, good. Yeah. And, and how old are you? I'm 29. You're 29. Okay. So you're right at the – in your Saturn return too. All right. So, you know, what's so awesome about where you are is not 
getting what we want, not living the life according to shoulds, not having the checklist all checked off is basically, it's, it's to kind of two things. One, it's a huge opportunity to relook at what we want, how we've created things in the past, how we've attracted things in, in our life in the past and go, hmm, like, is that really, 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 truly who I am and what I want? And second, it's an amazing opportunity for spiritual growth to learn surrender, to come into relationship with uncertainty, and to ask the question, what am I learning? So rather than coach you into how to get that relationship and how to get that job or even how to move into acceptance of it, because sometimes when we move into acceptance of something, there's a, there's still a, a twinge of resignation and frustration. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let me ask you this. Growing up, would you say you had a life where you things more went according to plan and you got what you want and you did what you should or less you got what you should, you did what you needed to do? Wh- which which side are you on growing up? The former. So tell me a little bit more about what growing up was like for you. Um, well, I was a high achiever. I graduated very early when I was 16 from high school and then 19 from college. And then I went into the Peace Corps and then I did my MBA and I was all done with that. Checking off those boxes and doing everything really fast and really well, you know, by the time I was 22. So I had, I lived a long, a lot of life and had time. So you basically... Every, every, things you wanted, you mm-hmm. got. Things went according to plan. And yes. you probably identified a lot with what you achieved. Yes. Okay. So now you're in this place where you have a broken engagement. Are you the one who left or did he uh, end it? It was him. It was him. Okay. So that's that's a tough one. Been there, mm-hmm. done that. Mm-hmm. Not fun at all. You're not loving your career. You've gone from being this high achiever, I have everything figured out, to feeling like kind of like a failure in some ways, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you were put a, if you were to put on your kind of spiritual scientist hat or your psychology hat and you asked yourself, what am I learning from all of this? What would your answer be? That's a hard one. Well, I've learned a lot about myself, you know, who I am as a person. I have a strength that I didn't know was in there. This is honestly, this has been the hardest thing that has ever happened to me. And so I, nothing quote unquote bad has ever happened to me before. So knowing that I can survive bad things, um, Mm -hmm. and that I have some really amazing people around me learning how to rely on others for help and how to ask for help when I need it. I've been, I've tried to be pretty self-reliant right. um, up until this period. Okay. So let me ask you yeah. this. When you say all those things, is that particularly comforting? Yeah, it is. It's good. it's good to know that I have a deep strength within me and that others around me are part of that wellspring. Okay, good. And I love that. I love that you see that you can survive what you call bad things. From my perspective, they're not bad. Okay. Um, nothing's good, bad, right, or wrong. It's what we judge of it and that you can ask for help. You You've learned. So- when you think about people in your life who inspire you, are they people who've always gotten what they want or are they people who've been through challenges and been through difficulty and got to the other side? 
Oh, there are people who have been through challenges and got to the other side. Right. Mm -hmm. So if your whole life was kind of cush and you kind of planned out, and I'm not saying you didn't have your hard moments, but if your entire life, the belief system was, if I want something, I get it. I'm defined by what I can achieve. Do you think that that's necessarily a healthy way to live? Or do you think that sets you up for a life where it's constantly checking things off a list and enough is never enough? Oh no, that's, I guess that seems rather empty. Right. So imagine that you were 49 (laughs) and you did marry that guy and you did have the career that you wanted and you checked everything off the list, but you never took any time to ask who you really are and who you, what you really want. You never had any struggle where you developed character. You just kind of were the same person over and over day after day, just aging. And then at 49, you woke up and you're like, wow, like I've achieved all these things in my life, but man, I don't, I don't really know who I am. I I haven't really had much struggle and that's great, but I'm kind of bored with my life and I just keep looking for the next thing to check off my list. And do I even like this person I'm married to and have kids with? How would that feel at 49? It would feel really empty. Right. I'd be searching for myself. Right. So in this time when life isn't going according to plan, this is really your opportunity to look at who you really are separate from what you can achieve. So let me ask you that. Who are you separate from what you've done? I'm a person that cares very deeply about um, those around me. I'm always pushing myself and helping helping my friends and family create better lives for themselves, you know, questioning what we're doing and why we're doing it to help us become better people in the world. That's something that's really important to me. Okay. So do you know that that was kind of external things still? Now that you pointed out. (laughs) Yeah. So who are you in terms of the qualities, Frankie, that make you, you? So when you're doing the things you love, volunteering, helping family, friends, whatever it is, maybe there's some creative thing that you love to do. What are the qualities that come out of you while you're doing those things? Well, I feel very energized. I am helpful to those around me. I'm a builder and a creator. Mm -hmm. What else? Um, I am very happy when I'm doing that. Um, I can't think of anything else. Right. And that's part of the problem. Okay. Because your whole life you've been externally referenced. Mm -hmm. Your identity has come from what you can achieve. And on a soul level, the reason why things aren't manifesting the way you want is because, you know, our mind wants the checklist, but our soul is committed to the personal growth, the spiritual growth. And so this is a huge growth opportunity for you to reorient from living outside in to inside out. So let me ask you, do you have any kind of spiritual practice? Um, I do. I go to church um, and I have a small group uh, to share my faith and share moments of growth. And I also, um, I've been working on praying more. Okay. And when you pray, what do you ask for? You know, lately I've, I've been 
working on giving thanks. So instead of asking for things, I've been trying to say thank you for the things that I do have and thank you for the opportunities to place me in the path of what I want. Yeah. Okay. So that's still asking for something. <laughs> which is which is great, but do you see how you're still oriented to, oh, if I only had what I want or if I was on the path to it, I would be so much happier. Mm-hmm. Your formula yeah. for happiness is still external things. Okay. So may I offer you a prayer? Yes. Okay. So do you, do you use the word God? Yes. Okay. So God, show me in a way that I can see clearly and understand what you want me to learn here. Show me what's here to learn and help me come into acceptance with who I am and where I am in my life. Because you're judging where you are as not where you quote unquote should be, Frankie. But from my perspective, you're exactly on course. You're right on course. But as long as you keep looking for the guy or the job or whatever it is, you're still coming from that place of being externally referenced rather than going, wow, my whole life I've let my identity be what I can accomplish. And with high achievers, there's usually a low self-worth. So we make up for feeling less than or insecure in any way by doing things and by achieving. And we often motivate ourselves by being hard on ourselves. So I'm going to guess that typically you're probably harder on yourself than super loving and compassionate with yourself. Would that be accurate? Yes, that would be. Okay. So that's one major thing that you have the opportunity to work on right now. The other thing is, so that's kind of ties into the career. The other thing is the relationship. Why did the engagement end? Well, it ended because he did not believe that we could grow and change the things that we needed to work on. Um, He felt he was kind of in a fixed mindset about that and didn't feel like that was a space for growth. And that what did he think think you couldn't change? I I think about ourselves, the way we communicated and who we were together, if that makes any sense. What was the thing he said about you that was hard for him? He said that I wasn't a great communicator and that I couldn't keep like being nice and trying to fix things because I wouldn't be able to sustain it. Okay. So first of all, so much compassion to you because even though it's been a year, I can tell it still hurts and breakups are the hardest, especially when you are engaged because then there's all the shame that comes with it too. So, Mm -hmm. so much love to you on that one. And I'm going to share one of the major things that I learned with my broken engagement. Being hard on myself, having such high standards of myself and being so judgmental of myself leaked on to other people. So the harshness with myself would make me a little snippy or irritable with others, would make me kind of judge or pick on him or others. It also kind of made me hard to be with because I wasn't where I wanted to be in my life. And I kind of had 
mm, and upset about that. And I was constantly trying to figure it out. And, you know, he just wanted to connect and enjoy our lives. And I would do that. But at the same time, I was always looking for something more, better, different. So there was a level of discontent I had with my life that affected the relationship. I also wasn't at the point in my life where I really understood my feelings. I didn't know how to feel my sadness, feel my anger. I was very much in my head, which made me not as emotionally vulnerable and available as I think someone needs to be to have a loving long-term relationship. So that affected my ability to communicate as well. Since I didn't really know myself, it was hard to communicate with someone else. And since I couldn't seem to fix the angst I had inside of me, that made it more difficult for me to be with. Is this resonating with you? Oh, 100%. Okay. So can you see that he was a soulmate in the way that he's showing you how important it is to fall in love with yourself, to have a better relationship with you, and so that you can attract the kind of relationship which you can love and accept and communicate. Because you started off by asking me, how do I move into a place of acceptance? This isn't about accepting where you are or where you are not in your life. This is about accepting yourself and starting to speak to yourself in a compassionate, loving way. And I'm guessing as a high achiever, you probably had parents who gave you a lot of praise and validations for, oh, Frank, you got the A. Oh, Frank, you got into grad school. Oh, we're so proud of you. You did so awesome, right? Mm-hmm. So love is kind of hooked up to validation and praise. And you're totally lovable and worthy just for being you. You don't have to go and do anything. And your self-talk and your relationship with yourself has to shift into being more loving and accepting and not thinking that you have to be hard on yourself to move forward. Wow. Okay. So what's present for you? What are you thinking? Um, I'm thinking about how much this resonates with me. It's very true that I have a hard time accepting myself and not judging myself. And this is really an opportunity in this time in my life to work on that and yes, to change. Yes, 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 yes. So my recommendations would be to get, you know, either expectation hangover or 20 something, 20, everything. My first book, either one of those or both, whatever. Um, and, and really see this is, this is yes about acceptance, but this is also about healing. This time is also about healing because if you just try to accept it and move through it, it, it's almost like when you asked me your first question, I got this image of you like sitting and in the waiting room, right? And you're just sitting in this waiting room waiting for something to walk in and you're like, okay, Christine, how can I accept that I'm sitting in the waiting room? And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, get the heck out of the waiting room, right? And stop waiting for something to walk through the door and go be a seeker. And start to look inside and look at this relationship you have with yourself and look at the story you've created about who you need to be and what you need to have and how that needs to be updated. So now is the time to to get on that path, to dive deeper into your spiritual practice, to attract the like-minded people that can support you during this time, and to know, Frankie, to really know who you are is not what you do or who you're with. It's so much deeper than that. And then when you really discover that and get in alignment with that, the opportunities you will attract 
and the people you will meet will shift. And, you know, when you're talking about what you want in terms of your career and and what you really love doing, you want to feel like you matter. And what I want you to know right now is you matter no matter what, but you've got to matter to you as much as other people matter to you. And as much as you make people outside of you matter to your self-worth. You've got to care that deeply about the things you're passionate about outside of yourself. That loving, that compassion, that sweetheart that you have that I can hear and experience in my connection with you has to apply to you. Is this making sense? Um, it makes complete sense. Thank you, Christine. So thank you to Frankie for her honesty and her vulnerability. Lots of ahas for her in that call and hope there were many for you as well. So for those of you in your 20s or early 30s who listen, I just want to reassure you that the quarter-life crisis is normal. That's why I wrote two books about it, because it really is something we go through in our 20s and early 30s of, who am I? What do I want? How do I get it? And things have to fall apart a little bit. And we are thrown off course to get kind of more on the course that's aligned for us. And it is the time when many of us really step into our personal growth journey. And even if you're not in your 20s or early 30s, I'm sure you can relate to feeling like you're having a quarter-life crisis, just more at your third of a life or midlife or half-life. Throughout life, we go through these challenges so we can grow. Remember, as humans, we learn through contrast. It's a myth that we're supposed to have everything figured out by a certain time or even that things are supposed to happen at a certain time. So let's go over some things that we discussed on this call. First, I have so much compassion for Frankie and that this was really her first hardship. You know, she was a super high achiever her whole life. Everything went according to plan. Like she said, her life was kind of cush and planned out. But this is kind of amazing that this is happening to her now because she's getting to dive a little deeper into who she really is. She's getting to see that she's defined herself by external things and that she is a little bit addicted to control and validation. And she has this amazing opportunity to really ask, who am I? and develop character and grit. Truly, we develop character. We learn the most about who we are when we go through these challenges. I'll share a little personal story with you here. So a while ago, I don't know, over a year ago, I was on a second date with someone and we were just talking about, you know, life and our stories. And I said, so what's the most challenging thing you've ever gone through? Or maybe it was the third date. I don't know. But knowing me, it was probably the second I totally asked that question on a second date. And his response was, oh, you know, nothing really, maybe like an injury in sports. And I respected that. And that's wonderful. But for me, I knew in that moment that it probably wasn't a match because I value the challenges I've been through and the character it's developed. And I know who I am when I go through a challenge. Every single one of us is going to face a challenge at some point or another. So if you're in one now, really, really take it on, dive deeply in, learn all you can. You will learn so much about who you are. And one of the great things Frankie said is she's really learning how strong she is, but it's important we don't use that strength to suppress When we go through tough times, we want to have the strength of heart, the strength of compassion to to heal, to deal, but not just to put on a strong face and get right through it. Another thing I wanted to highlight is how her whole life had kind of been sourced by seeking that external validation. 
And I know a lot of you listening can relate to that. Every time you check things off that list, every time you get an achievement, you get recognition, you get validation from maybe your parents or your friends or even yourself. And that's wonderful. I'm all for checking things off a list. I love goals. They're, they're amazing, but it can't be everything to us. And maybe it's time to take a step back from that external validation and start to source that validation from within. We also talked about her relationship and how her relationship with herself was probably impacting her relationship with her fiance. And I shared a little bit about what I learned in my relationship with my ex-fiance, my harshness on myself, my unexpressed, unhealed anger, the things I really hadn't dealt with were leaking into the relationship. And that's what was making me distant, irritable, and hard for him to be with. I was actually interviewed on my friend Alexander Jameson's podcast recently, and she came up with a great term for this when I was describing this to her. She called it irritable leak syndrome. (laughs) And I love that. It's so true. When we aren't handling our own inside stuff, we end up projecting and leaking onto others. So if you are irritable, if you are judgmental, if you are getting a bit distant in your relationships, Maybe it's time to look at that relationship you have with yourself and do some of the emotional work to cure your irritable leak syndrome. All right. So assignments for you before we sign off for the week. First of all, that exercise that I gave Frankie, who are you? It's something that I detail a lot in the very, very, very first episode of this podcast series, my over it and on with it stories. You can go back and re-listen to that, but basically it's writing out who you are from the qualities that make you, you, and you do that by thinking of the things you really enjoy rather than thinking that who you are is the roles that you play in life, because there's so much more to who you are than just what you do. Second, Process those emotions, use release writing, use the temper tantrum technique and expectation hangover so you do not develop ILS, irritable leak syndrome. Next, prayer. I gave some examples of some prayers to use and to pray not for things, but more for experiences, to pray to be shown the way, to pray for support with surrender to pray for the strength of heart and compassion to really heal and deal with the things you haven't looked at. And finally, be nice to you. Remember, we don't motivate ourselves by driving and being hard on ourselves. We have to treat ourselves with that kindness and that compassion that we so often give others and that we yearn from, from others. Everything starts from within. To have the courage and the compassion to go within. And please, Ditch your checklist and let the universe surprise you and delight you. Sending you so much love and many blessings. 